You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thank you so much for joining us. This is our Christmas edition, our Christmas episode. Christmas 2019 is just a few days away. My name is Todd Lesher, and I am sharing this episode with my co-host, Diana Carter, is back on the podcast. Diana, welcome back. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yes, Diana was just with us a couple episodes ago, and for this episode, we're going to handle things a little bit differently. We're going to share a reading from one of my favorite devotional books, and I was like, Diana, we just need to share this together uh, with our listeners, so happy to have you here. I am so happy to be back. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Well, what we're going to do today is we are going to read a chapter from a book called Moments with the Savior by Ken Geyer. And what Ken Geyer has done is he has taken a number of the stories from the Gospels accounts of Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and he has just done an incredible job kind of bringing us into the story, giving us the sights, the sounds, the texture of the story that we don't always get when we read it out of the scriptures, but he makes it like we're actually there. Diana, I don't know if you would mm. say the same thing from yes. your reading experience of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Beautiful writing and really kind of captures, like you said, the texture. I like that phrasing. Yeah, yeah. You're you're in it and you can see it from a different vantage point and it's Everybody wants to go deeper in Scripture, and this one kind of immerses you in the moment. Mm. Moments with the Savior. You see what I did See what he did. Really, really good. But he's got so many chapters uh, that kind of cover a range of stories. And so we're going to pull one out of what is traditionally known as the Christmas story. And so this chapter is called An Insightful Moment with Mary the mother of Jesus. And so what Diana and I are going to do is we're going to read it, read the chapter in its entirety, and then we'll spend some time reflecting on it, and then we'll talk a little bit about Christmas, and then we'll wish you a merry one. So uh, without further ado, is that what you say? Seems a little fancy, but I think that's what people say. Okay, perfect. Well, without further ado, (laughs) here is an insightful moment with Mary, and this is a scripture reading. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Luke 1, 26-38. And the meditation reads like this. The word angel means messenger. Angels are sometimes sent to deliver their message alone. 
Sometimes they are sent in twos, other times with the hosts of others. The appearance of some is spectacular. Others slip by unnoticed. Most are anonymous. Only two in all the Bible are named, Michael, the guardian of Israel, and Gabriel. Hero of God is what his name means, and who knows how many battles he has fought, how many enemy lines he has crossed to get here. Now that he's here, though, how exhilarated he must feel to be the one to hand-deliver the message humanity has waited so long to hear. When the gates of Eden clanged shut, our first parents took with them only the clothes on their backs, clothes that were provided them by God, made from the skins of animals whose innocent blood had been shed so their shame could be covered. Into the lining of those clothes was sewn a promise, the promise of a Savior. Over the centuries, the identity of this Savior was progressively revealed. A paragraph of the promise was shown to Abraham, revealing that the Savior would come from his line and be a blessing to all the world. A thousand years later, another portion of the promise was revealed. He would be a descendant of David, an heir to the king's throne. Prophet by prophet, the Savior's features grew more distinct as he was revealed one word at a time, a sentence at a time, an image at a time. Emmanuel, out of you, O Bethlehem, will come a ruler. A bruised reed he will not break, a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. But for 400 years there has been no mention of a Savior, not from heaven anyway. There have been no divine visitations, no prophetic utterances, no word at all. Not until this angel was sent to deliver one. He was sent to the most holy city in Israel, Jerusalem, to the most holy place in Jerusalem, the temple, to a most holy man, a priest named Zechariah. And with the angel's message, the silence of heaven was broken. Zechariah was serving in the temple, burning incense at the altar when the angel appeared. The sight stunned him. Gripped with fear is how the text describes his reaction. Yet fear is the last response Gabriel was hoping to see. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. What an honor for Zechariah, not only to finally become a father, but have his son grow up to be the Savior's herald, the moral trumpet that would ready the people for his coming. For some reason, though, this most religious of men needed more than an angel to convince him. How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Zechariah wanted some proof, some sign, some assurance other than the word itself. Gabriel called in unbelief. I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. 
Because of his unbelief, Zechariah was struck dumb, and the privilege of sharing the heavenly message passed him by. The silence of heaven continued. The next word from heaven was sent not to Jerusalem, the most sacred of Jewish cities, but to Nazareth, the most common. Again, the messenger Gabriel, this time though, the message was delivered not to a priest, but to a peasant, not to a holy man, but to a humble woman, a woman named Mary. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. It was not the angel that startled Mary, as it had startled Zechariah. It was the angel's greeting, too noble a greeting for Nazarene. Questions raced through her mind. Why had the angel come? What was so special about her to merit such favor? What dark valley awaited her that she needed the presence of the Lord by her side? The possibilities were frightening. Seeing a flicker of the fright in her eyes, the angel sought to extinguish it. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. and You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. The revelation stuns her. Timid words gather at her lips to form a self-conscious question. How will this be since I'm a virgin? It is not the message she questions. It's not even the miracle. It's the mechanics of the miracle. She doesn't doubt Gabriel's words. She only wonders how they will be fulfilled. The angel explains, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. But it was one thing for Elizabeth to become pregnant. It was quite another thing for Mary. Elizabeth was married and had been most of her life. Mary was engaged, and that only recently. In light of that, her response is extraordinary. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. When Mary submitted to God's will, she subjected herself to great risk. In the balance hung not only her reputation, but her life. At worst, she would be stoned. At best, she would be ridiculed. Imagine the rumors that would circulate around the only spring in town where everyone came to draw water. Loosely woven morals always come unraveled, an old woman piously says as she fills her jar. Another woman, half in Mary's defense, speaks up. So easy for a nice girl to get in trouble here, what with foreign traders spending the night, Roman soldiers passing through. As Mary's story would become public, the rumors would harden to ridicule. Imagine the looks, the smirks, the comments. An angel visited her? Uh Uh-huh. And said what? The Holy Spirit? She said that? And you would believe her? Who in their right mind would? Joseph? Her in-laws? The rabbi? Who? Maybe no one would believe, but that wouldn't keep her from believing. Her faith was courageous. We would know that because her decision was quick and her obedience complete. She would submit to God. Regardless of the questions it would raise, or the eyebrows, regardless of the cost, or the consequences, regardless if it meant losing her reputation, or the man she loved, even her very life. And maybe, 
Of all the favorable qualities this young woman had, maybe it was this regardless quality that made her most suited to the task of raising such a wonderful promise. For regardless had to be the quality that was instinctive if the promise were ever to grow up and reach fulfillment as Savior of the world. And it ends with a prayer. Dear Jesus, what a remarkable person she was, your mother. So highly favored, so greatly blessed, Mary, Mother of God. Help me to hear beyond the liturgical familiarity of those words to hear their far-reaching implications. Mother of God. Who could be equal to such a task? Who, in any stretch of the imagination, could be qualified? The honor bestowed on her was staggering. So was the responsibility. To be the one not only to bear you, but to protect you, raise you, teach you. I pray that even across so many centuries, she could teach me too. There is so much I could learn from her. What wonderful things would be birthed in my life if only I could learn to pray, I am your servant. May it be to me as you say. If that were my prayer, how would it affect the thoughts I think, the plans I make, the words that come from my mouth? If I read my Bible this morning with such a response, how different would this afternoon be? How different this afternoon would I be? I am your servant. The words seem so religiously correct, but are they really true? Am I really your servant? Am I willing to submit to whatever plans you have for my life, regardless of the risk, the cost, the consequences? May it be to me as you say. I can say the words so easily, but can I say them honestly? Say them and mean them? Live them? For years she taught you, Lord, with so many words and in so many ways. It's sad so few have been saved for us. But thank you for saving the words, I am your servant. May it be to me as you say. If I learn nothing else from her, those words have given me a model, not only how to pray, but how to live. Ah, it's so good. That prayer, man, it is hard (laughs) not to get misty-eyed. I know. I was getting there myself. <laughs> the end of my reading. Yeah. Oh man, I just want to take a deep breath. Yeah. Listeners, hopefully you were able to to connect with that and probably need to play it back. I've probably read this a hundred times. Mm. I mean, this is one of my top ten from Ken Geyer's book, Moments with the Savior. So, uh, Diane, I would love to hear some of your immediate insights or just takeaways from reading this a couple times. So, even just now, and I mean, even preparing for this, like reading it and kind of rehearsing, reading it out loud, the prayer always gets me. And I don't know if it's because of where I am in my life, Mm -hmm. where I have a seven-month-old and I am literally teaching him like how to live, you know, like the other day we started giving him um, little, instead of purees, like little bits of food um, on his high chair and teaching him physically how to grab the food and put it into his mouth. And then thinking of Mary Hmm. doing something similar with Jesus, like that is mind blowing to me. And um, even just sometimes I can get so caught up in the weightiness of raising my son and my, of course, you know, most fervent prayer for him is to to love Jesus from an early age is something that we pray mm-hmm. for him over and over again. Like that's really weighty, right? Yeah. 
but Mary is raising Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mary is raising the Messiah. And yep. like the prayer said, not just carrying him and birthing him, but literally raising him in the same way that you or yeah. I are raising yeah. our sons. Yep. Um, when you think of it that way, I mean, she said yes to that. Mm-hmm. Yep. She said yes. And... <laughs> That's a big yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's real, it's hard to like pick out what's the what's the best yeah kind of nugget or thought or insight. But I'm tracking with you. There's the thing about the Christmas story is it it's got this human element to it that is so real and it's close. It's like what you're saying mm-hmm. is in that prayer that the author writes. What a remarkable person she was, your mother. And so everyone listening can get that. Yeah. Right? That Jesus was raised by a human person mm-hmm. like we all have been. Sure, there's very miraculous moments within this story, but a mom had to take care of a child right. who was dependent on and, and King Guy will talk about this in another reading about Mary and mm-hmm. Jesus' birth, is Jesus had to be dependent. The God of the universe had to be dependent on the sustenance and yes. the care. Yes. The protection of a human. <laughs> right, because he was so vulnerable as a baby. Yes. We Tyler and I talk about all the time where he'll say, say, man, like we are keeping him alive. Like we yep. are keeping this yep. baby alive. And Tyler will go, Don't overthink it. Don't <laughs> overthink it. Just just keep doing what we're doing, you yep. know? Yep. Um, what about you? What was something that stuck yeah. out to you? Yeah. I think the the prayer for sure, like if if you want to know how to follow God, mm-hmm. it's it's Mary's prayer. Right? Is what you're saying is if you want to be used by God, mm-hmm. say yes to Jesus. That's it. And who knows if Zachariah and Elizabeth would have become kind of the, the people that God would have chosen mm-hmm. to have Jesus. But Zachariah missed it. Yeah. And sure, God, God is faithful and forgiving and gracious, and all those things are true. But Mary said yes. And that's what it means to be used by God. Yes. I'm your servant. May it be to me as you had said. She didn't get to pick the details, right? She probably would have not picked those details. Right, to right. Go, could you wait till I'm married? Like, could you? <laughs> and then, then it would make sense. But God had a different plan. So that's the one that really stick out to me. And I think that's a healthy prayer for all of us. Maybe yeah. 2020, this is our prayer. I'm your servant. May it be to me as you have said. And scary, yep. right? Yep. Super scary. I yep. even think of like, like spoiler alert, like Mary's son dies, you know, <laughs> right. like th- that's, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of that in any way, but like she probably wouldn't have said yes to that either, mm-hmm. but that's what had to happen yep. for God's rescue plan to be, you know, enacted and, and mm-hmm. carried out and I mean, what are we willing to say yes to? Yep. Or what can we ask God to help us be willing to be willing to mm-hmm. say yes to? Yeah, and that's exactly what it, what it says here is that when Mary submitted to God's will, she su- subjected herself to great risk. Mm. Not just great risk, but great mystery, great unknown. And even though it's like, he will be the savior of the world. Sounds pretty promising. Right. <laughs> He'll be a descendant <laughs> of King David. Right. But the route that that would have to take... She would find out, you know, who knows, 30, 33, 34 years later, it would be on the throne of a cross, yeah. not the throne of a, uh, 
kingdom, you right. know, the it's earthly It's a little kingdom. different than, than she might have thought, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. How does this start to shift kind of your, your understanding of Christmas? I think when I think about Christmas, it's really easy um, – for it all to kind of like what you were talking about before the the miraculous mm-hmm. right like the the mystical element of it or the magical element of it like i'm even thinking of some of the art we see surrounding christmas yeah. you see the star mm-hmm. right you see this glimmering star contrasted against a dark sky and that just feels mystical and magical but a lot of it was kind of mundane mm-hmm. like if i even think through like pregnancy, yeah. right? Like there was, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this and, and this may or may not be true, but from what we know about, you know, the, the human gestation period, uh-huh. right? Mary was pregnant for 40 weeks or so, yeah. maybe. What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of in-between moments that we don't get to see where Mary's faith had to be grown, mm-hmm. right? Like that, she birthed a faith. Yep. You know, when we talk about being pregnant with with a child, I'm sure you've ho- heard the the metaphor too of someone being pregnant with hope, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she was literally pregnant Seriously, with hope. Seriously, the hope of the world. <laughs> the hope of the world. <laughs> and so I think um, it's really easy, like when we think about Christmas, how we celebrate it, how some of the expectations we have for it may fall in line with this magical, mystical element of it. Um, like, what does it look like for Christmas to be played out in sort of the mundane, regular moments of our life? Like, mm, where yep, can we yep. apply the truth of it, the hope of it, mm-hmm. the, um, I don't know, like the the grace of it, yeah, honestly, yeah. to our everyday moments? Mm-hmm. Um, and not only feeling like we can get that when we're sitting around a Christmas tree and the lights are twinkling and the house is quiet, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's right. And to that to that point about the nine months of pregnancy, mm-hmm. right? Like, what what prayers is Mary praying for that baby? I mean, yeah. you as a mom praying for this child, right, that you will get to raise. But for that period of time, what prayers is Mary praying? For Jesus. You, for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> For Jesus, like I'm yep. praying for for my human son, and she's p- praying for her he- fully human, but also fully God son. You laugh at it because it's just <laughs> it it's so mind blowing. And the thing about Christmas is an invitation to join God. Yeah, yeah, we love Christmas. Um, I-, I love the magic of Christmas. I love the family time of Christmas. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I still love the presence mm-hmm. of Christmas. But let's not miss the moment that Mary was invited in to what God wanted to do in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think cr- Christmas is almost it's like the end of a year, but we, if, what if we replaced the emphasis of New Year's on Christmas? It's like God is born, and we get to join him in the work that he came to do in the world. Yeah. So I think that's why... <laughs> We have such a benefit of having Christmas every single year. Do not forget that God came and he still comes to this world and uses us as people. So that might be your child's life. Mm-hmm. Right? That might be your neighbor's life. That might be your coworker's life. It might be your family's life. But back to that Mary saying yes idea. That's how it shifts my mind and makes Christmas bigger than 
what we as a culture make it out right. to be. A season. Yes. It's, right. Yep. It's an invitation. It's like a gateway into another year of joining God in entering our daily lives or our world mm. with That's really good. all that you mentioned, the, the hope, mercy, grace that Mary birthed into the world. Mm-hmm. So I just, it, it really makes it, reading this, it helps me capture the awe yeah. That I think we all should have at Christmas. It's we're not going to get a lot of snow in no. December, which brings that kind of awe and wonder. Yeah. But it's this type of reading when you really go. Let's not overlook Mary, because she did something that all of us can do. Yep. Maybe not have a baby. I can't do that. <laughs> but we can say yes. Yes. To the work that God wants to do. Absolutely. That's good. That's really good, Todd. Yeah. I've man. I'm, I could talk. On and on. The, the idea here of, what, is, what does she say, regardless? Yes. There was something there. The it, Ken writes, and maybe of all the favorable qualities this young woman had, maybe it was this regardless quality that made her most suited for the task of raising such a wonderful promise. You know, people talk about like words of a year. I don't know if that, that's suitable for everybody, but what if that was our word for 2020? That's regardless. good. That's like, really good. Who knows? 2020. It, could be amazing it could be more heartbreaking than we expect Mm. but does that change who god is regardless what comes it reminds me of daniel 3 right even Uh if even if not rather yes Um, yes yeah that's good and even just the phrasing of raising a savior or or raising a wonderful promise i mean she raised a promise she raised the messiah it just as a mom i mean to all the moms listening I just don't think, I mean, think of how much you love your kids, mm-hmm. right? And it sounds terrible, but like my son's just a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, but she's raising God. Yeah. And God will do something good through Leander. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Um, as we continue to do our part as parents, who knows what the story's going to be. Um, but that's right. At the, <laughs> at the end of the day, we esteem Mary because she gave birth to God. And, but here's the thing, like, there, later in the story, God comes to Mary and he says, you who are highly favored, he says the exact same things to the shepherds, which we can't miss in the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Is So Mary is set apart for a task, but the shepherds are identified in the same way that Mary is. Right. So like we can apply that to ourselves, right? To go, Mary was favored, not because she w- what she had done, she was favored and she said yes. It wasn't she was favored because she because. said yes. And the shepherds, they're kind of outcast. The They had some ritual impurity because they worked with animals. But God comes to them and says, you, highly favored by God, a Savior has been born. Let's jump right in that, you know? Yeah. And that's how God calls us as highly favored. So I love that part. But before we just reread the whole chapter right. again, <laughs> thank you for sharing this um, reading and reflection uh, with me. And mm. I hope that our listeners are encouraged and inspired by this story for this Christmas season and as we enter into a new year. You can find this book at Amazon.com. It's called Moments with the Savior uh, by Ken Geyer. Uh, wonderful read. I would even buy it for all your relatives and be unapologetic about it. It is such a <laughs> wonderful, it's been wonderful for our spiritual growth uh, throughout these uh, many years. But before we wrap up, Diane, I would love to 
here about Christmas and just a tradition that you hope to carry on mm. uh, as you raise a family, but maybe this year in particular, what have been some of your favorites that you are implementing this year, or are you just totally like, oh, we're not doing any of that, we're going to try this yeah, out? Yeah, no, good questions. Um, so we, growing up, we always had um, a pickle ornament. Okay. I don't know <laughs> where... I have can... a pickle ornament, but I have no idea why. You have, I have do a you pick... have a tradition with it? or <laughs> no, okay. put it on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> As with all the other ornaments. Um, we have a pickle ornament. I think it might be a German tradition. Okay. Um, and... It was whoever like found the pickle ornament. You know, you're unwrapping your ornaments out of the newspaper okay, in your bin okay. or whatever. Whoever found the pickle ornament, you know, got to put it on the tree, obviously. But it was just like a fun game. Yep. It, I think it's supposed to be like good luck or something. So that is a fun one that we always had. Um, and then a new one that we wanted to start. Um, Leander may be a little young for it. And, you know grandkids always get spoiled, or at least in our family, mm-hmm. grandkids get spoiled. But we, um, just in terms of like kind of controlling some of the stuff that comes into our house so that we don't have clutter or just a lot of things that we need mm-hmm. to keep up with, is we wanted to do the gift. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like they get something you want, something you need, something yep. you wear, and yep. something you read. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can be intentional in the gifts that we're buying, Leander. But you know that also helps kind of control the the toy explosion right. that can that's sometimes right. happen around yeah. Christmas. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> well, what's something, how are you feeling about, is this Leander's first Christmas? It is so, his first Christmas. Yes. How are you feeling about, what's all the feels around this for you? Uh, I mean, I, someone the other day asked me how I was doing, and I said, you know, Christmas is just emotional this mm-hmm, year for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because of uh because of, you know, what we just read and, and that whole sentiment of, of Mary and baby Jesus, but... You know, even though he's seven months old, it's just really sweet to kind of go back to the innocence of a child and and train yourself to see Christmas through the eyes of a child or, you know, through the eyes of a seven-month-old might be blurry and mm-hmm. overwhelming, right? Mm-hmm. But um, just it just feels a little bit more fun yeah. with a kid, yeah. you know? Um, so, and I always joke that before I had a child, I was, you know, cold and dead on the inside, never <laughs> cried. And now I just feel like... <laughs> I mean, my husband must ask me if I'm pregnant, you know, three times a month. <laughs> yeah, every wrapping paper, you start to tear yeah, up. Yeah, just, I, just, I just cry all the time now. So um, how about you? Yeah. Like, what are some traditions in the Lesher household? Do you guys, did you carry some from, from your families or start afresh? Yeah. So um, we always made a big deal about decorating the tree. So it's always after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's up longer than other years this year in particular. It feels like Christmas is tomorrow because Thanksgiving was so late. But we set that aside, and then um, my wife designed her own advent calendar. And it's <sighs> I, we got it off Pinterest or something like that, and it's 25 boxes in the shape of a Christmas tree. And we, we put such a high priority in uh, not missing Christmas for the presents and so we just make December an experience. And so every day is a different experience. Mm. And she made and this? She made it. She just painted little boxes, and we attached it to a canvas board, and it survived <laughs> for, I don't know, seven, eight years. Wow. So we re- reuse it every year. Uh, but we put – sometimes it's pretty complicated, and it requires crazy scheduling, but 
we'll put simple things in there, like we'll watch uh, the Bible Project Advent videos mm-hmm. each Sunday of December. Uh, elfyourself.com. We'll go that and that will be one of the days and we'll just have fun time watching videos of us looking like elves, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, we'll go see the singing bears. It, this was really, really interesting. Very sweet at the same time. Uh, we asked everybody, what do they want to do this year for our advent calendar that they've enjoyed in the past? And they were like, the singing bears, <laughs> which and is Uptown Charlotte. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the animatronic bears. <laughs> so that's in there. There's parades in there. There's making treats for neighbors, uh, writing thank you cards for life group leaders and grandparents, you know, all the handcrafted yeah. ones that are better than the ones that you buy at the store. That's true. So it's that sort of thing where the, the thing I would say is memories last longer than stuff. That's right. And that's what I want them to remember about Christmas is that it was about Jesus and it was about family and it was about fun. We had a whole lot of fun and there were presents in there as well. It was yeah. great. Um, but that's been a fun memory that we've had. And the slowing down long enough, because I think I felt this as a kid. I don't know if you did, but Christmas never came fast enough. So you always rushed through the season. And then it was gone. That's what we're trying to do is Mm -hmm. trying to slow down so that when Christmas morning gets here and you're standing with an explosion of presents, you're like, oh, now I'm sad. Yeah. (laughs) It's over. But you really savor it. Exactly. Savor the season. You know. That's great. Now, do you guys do Santa in the Lesher house? So we've gone back and forth Mm -hmm. about this one, and we are okay with Santa, but here's how we do it. Um, Because we make such a big deal about Jesus, Mm -hmm. then we're okay with Santa bringing stuff in the stocking. Okay. And that's your utility presence. Socks. Socks, notebooks. Pens. Crayons. Yep. (laughs) And that's it. But... Not trying to take too much credit, mom and dad did a lot of hard work to buy a few presents as well. Right. So those are the ones that are wrapped. In the, the good presents. ones. They say for mom and dad. That's good. <laughs> that, so yep. do, do your kids, is Santa real? We, we turn it like this. They'll ask the question, where does Santa live? What does Santa do on his off time? When does Santa come? Things like that. Mm-hmm. And we always say, what do you think? And it allows them to answer that question. And to be imaginative. Yep. Yep. I like that. Yeah. So let them retain some of the wonder mm-hmm. of the season. And that's what our family has decided. It's not for everybody. Sure. I know there will be people who are like, oh, we need more Santa. And some people were like, uh, no. No. But at the end of the day, it's about prioritizing Jesus in the season. And uh, Santa can be on the side. That's right. Yeah. We have a dancing Santa in our house. That seems so fun. It was my grandmother's. And so we got it when she passed away. And it's a hip-shaking Santa. The only thing that can make this better (laughs) is if it's like five feet tall. How tall is this thing? No. He's about a foot and a half. All right. Yep. All right. Still fun. Yes. Very loud. (laughs) One song over and over and over. What song is it? Uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good hip shaking song. <laughs> That's right. You just picture Home Alone. That's right. right? The Michael and Jackson thing. Up. Yep. And they're just I mean, Michael Jordan. His, yeah, he's yeah. just pulling the strings and dancing and having a good time. So. Well, Dinah, I hope you and Tyler and Leander have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks. You too. Thank you. And to all Thanks our listeners well. out there, 
from Forest Hill and from Family Ministry. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Thanks for listening, and we will see you in 2020. Let me say a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. We thank you for your mom mm. and this, how you used her to, to raise you and to bring you know, Jesus to maturity physically, emotionally, relationally, and you used her to do your good work in the world. And it's amazing. And so I pray that parents would, would be able to see that, that yeah, Mary was set aside for a task and a responsibility, a pretty special one. And so are the parents who listen to this and the parents that, are, that we interact with. And so I pray that you would give us gratitude for our parents, mm-hmm. for our moms and our dads, our grandparents, but then you would help us see parenting as divine work, mm-hmm. a divine calling to bring God's work, God's kingdom into the world through our, chi- uh, through our children, just as you brought the kingdom of heaven to the world in Jesus through Mary. And we thank you for that. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest to you, visit foresthill.org.